remember that Bristol City game, yeah. It was 2-0 up and I think the ball went into chops actually and I was thinking, please set me chops, stop yeah. turning. And, and he laid it off perfectly to be fair to him. And I, was just, I think I just hit it as, as hard as I could and it just went in the top corner. But yeah, that was, that was a good, good feeling. Hello everybody, it's me, producer Ross, and welcome to another edition of Ross Meets. It's Series 2, Episode 9, and this is the first episode of 2021. So Happy New Year all, hopefully it's a better year for us all, because 2020, you know, it was weird, it was strange, it was not very good. So this year, hopefully, is better for all of us. So, Ross Meets is back, we have one more episode until the season finale, Episode 10. And then we're going to have a little break and then we'll be back for Series 3. Let me know which players you'd like to hear from. I'll try my best to get in contact with them and bring them to your ears to this podcast. But let's get into today's episode then and introduce this week's guest. And it's an absolute pleasure to be joined by forward town midfielder Andy Drury. And this was a really good chat with him. Good to catch up. We'll talk about his time at town and his career as a whole. From non-league to the championship, we spoke about different memories during his time at town. From Paul Jewell, Mick McCarthy, the players he played with during his time at town, the memories and scoring his goal against Bristol City, which was a, a belter, by the way. Very good goal indeed. But yeah, a good chat of Andy. We spoke about his early days in non-league, having to be a, a builder before becoming a professional footballer. And just some good stories to add to this. It was a really good chat. Good to catch up with Andy. I'm not going to ramble on anymore. We're going to get right into the episode. Enjoy it, guys. Let's get into it. Well, Andy, thank you very much for joining me. It's a pleasure to have you on. Um, how have you been doing during these weird times? Yeah, all good. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. yeah, they are strange times, aren't they, really? It's um, a, a bit of a nightmare, but she's kind of got, got to crack on, try and stay happy and made the most of it I suppose but um, I'm down in down in Canterbury at the moment we live in a nice little village down there called Wingham um, nice nice quiet area just uh, kids like it down there those places quite handy with the lockdown those places to do walks and stuff so so yeah just trying to make the most of it really definitely and uh, so let's get right into the beginnings of Andy Drury. Um, for yourself, did you always want to be a footballer? You know, did you have any family members who sort of got you into football? And um, my my dad was always he always played football and cricket, but he never played for anyone like properly. Yeah. Um, but he'd always take me over the park, and I don't know. It's just one of them things. I was just used, used to literally just play football when I was a kid all the time. School wasn't that important to me. When I was younger, I just I just wanted to go and play football. So yeah, I did always wanted to be a, be a footballer. You know, where did it all begin for you? You know, I'm sure playing locally, but did you play? You know, academy at a professional club, or was it always at Sittingbourne when you you know started out? Yeah, I um, well, I just played locally when I was yeah. younger, and I got picked up by Chelsea Centre of Excellence for a couple of years, and I got I was, I was good slatters. I didn't play a lot for six months, and so I left them. Become a little bit disillusioned with the game because they didn't let me play for my local team either, mm-hmm. which was where I, I think where, where you can get the most fun out. Yeah. And I said I just want to go and play for my local team and enjoy it with my mates. So I did that for a couple of years, and then I was I was playing up front at the time, scoring lots of goals. And then my dad just said, "Look, I think, I think, I think you better, you better try and give it another go." 
and I just, I just went and played for Seton Bond, who I used to go and watch as well, um, with my dad and granddad. And um, I just played for the, I think it was under-15s, under-16s, and then I was straight into the first team, just after my 17th birthday. Come on, you know, at that time, what level were Seton Bond? What sort of, like, is that eighth tier of English uh, football, or is it? Uh, let's see, six, seven. Something. I think it was seven. Yeah. The leagues were a little bit different then, yeah, I think. Definitely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Back in them days, um, I think you had three feeder leagues into the conference, and then there was a league below that. Okay. Did and you... now it's all changed. Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot's changed. And, uh, you know, so, uh, so you said you started as a striker, and then, you know, did you then move into midfield when you sort of knew you were like, you know, or did you just play all over the place during your early days? Yeah, I think I moved back to midfield when I was about under 16s, I yeah. think, in quite the pace yeah. as, a, as a forward. <laughs> so I just I dropped back into midfield. And I don't know, I think it's just one of them things where you just, you just stick there, really. I, I started playing really well in midfield, and it's just where, where I began. And then I was pushed out wide because when I went into the first team, I was playing in the centre. And then it was quite... Back in them days, it was very rough and physical. When I was a 17, 17-year-old boy, and I think the managers thought I'd better put him out wide. So yeah. I just went out wide, and I kind of stayed out wide for a good few years after that and kind of adapted my game and scored, started scoring a few goals. And then that was when I got noticed. Yeah. And then the, the club that noticed you, of course, was Graveshead and Northfleet, of course, now Esfley United. Um, you know, yeah. you were still young at that stage, so were you having, you know, unfortunately at that level, you know, you're not getting paid that much. Um, so did you have to have another job on the side, or were you doing some, you know, did you go to college or anything like that? Uh, no, I think I closed. I, um, I was doing um, building work with one of my mate's dad's firms, and I got into that a little bit for from about nine. About 19 till I was about 23, I think. I was doing that and then I was playing part-time as well. Obviously, when I moved to Gravesend, I was playing part-time and, and working during the day. So it was long, long hours. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you were spent three seasons at Gravesend and North Fleet and then you went on to join Lewis. Um, sort of step up maybe at a time? Um, or was it sort of same sort of level at the time then? No, that was... I stepped... Uh, Graveson were in the conference, so okay, Lewis yeah. were in the league below. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had a manager called Steve King, who's, who I still speak to today. And Kingy, I, I didn't really enjoy it in my last six months at, at Gravesend, and the football wasn't great. And he just said, "Look, come to me. We're building a team that's going to going to get promoted. Come here and, and try and enjoy enjoy football." And a couple of the other Gravesend players I knew that lived fairly local to me they were going there as well so we we kind of all just said Let, come on let's just go there and that's the league below but let's just go and hopefully we win in and we'll get a promotion on our belts and I signed for two years there and I really enjoyed my football there and then we did get a promotion the second year as well that, that was that was an enjoyable part of my life and I still that was obviously part time as well so we, I was still working during the day it was, it was an enjoyable two years of football as well. Definitely. As you said, you know, you won promotion there, so that must have been good to, you know, your first achievement in, say, football in terms of winning promotion. And then your next spell at Stevenage is where you had some very good successful spell there. Um, 
you know, you, you, one of your seasons there, of course, you won promotion to the Football League and also yeah. played at Wembley. Um, you played at Wembley twice. Um, one of them was scoring at Wembley, of course, or not on the winning side, but what's your memories of playing at Wembley Stadium? And that's a, a childhood dream to play at Wembley and, you know, to at least win once at Wembley. That must have been great. Yeah, Wembley, it was, well, the first, the first one was nice when you win. Yeah. Um, and then the second one, obviously, you go to Wembley, you do want to win. Um, but I think that day, every, every little thing went uh, went against us. Even when we went down to 10 men and we'd used all our subs and even their, their, uh, one of their players elbowed our player off the ball. <laughs> he got sent off, but then our player couldn't carry on because he cracked his eyes a bit. So um, that, that, that was... Um, one of them games where everything goes ahead of you, it goes against you. But the, the actual plan of Wembley was fantastic. Just going there, the, the whole build up to it, and and just playing in that arena, it was just it, it was just fantastic. And to do it twice and to score was brilliant as well. Yeah. Of course, then you know the man who's in charge was Graham Wesley, who has got such a, a bond with Steemage. I think he's been Steemage manager like four times. Um, but for you, what what's your experience under him? And you know. You, you know, you helped them win promotion to League Two. So, your memories from that that season as a whole and playing under Graham. Yeah, Graham was an interesting character. Yeah. He was. Um, it was my first time I've been full time. Yeah. So, the the hours were extremely long, and all of the people that have been full time before, I remember Michael Brighton would always be like, "I feel so sorry for you," because <laughs> <laughs> we were training from nine till half four some days, and be like. I feel so sorry for this. It's the first time in full time and you're having to do this. And then it's such long hours. And I know obviously people work, work long hours, but to do physical activity all, all day long and the amount we was doing on our bodies, I think in, in a year, I think we had 10 hernia operations. <laughs> um, so it, it was, it was a bit of a crazy couple of years, but the team, the team bond when we were, when we were at Stevens is, it was fantastic, to be fair, and I think all the lads kind of bought into what Graham was doing, and I think that's why he had success with that group of players, and probably didn't have success really anywhere else, because um, we all bought into what he wanted to do. And then when I think he's gone to other clubs, and it's very, very, very difficult when you've got to do that all day long. And then the other clubs, they're just going in for an hour and a half, two hours and training and, and that's it. But um, but yeah, the two years of Stevenage was fantastic. Couldn't really have gone any better. But for me personally, I just I knew I could be better mm. as a footballer if I just felt fresher. Yeah. The long days were... Although it, it obviously worked for us as a team, I was going into games on a Saturday and my legs were tired. I felt like I'd played a game already. Yeah. So we was just kind of grinding teams down, was just plodding through games. But I just knew if I got the right team and I, I, I personally could kick on and go a bit higher. Um, so even though we went, we got promoted into League Two, I felt like I could actually go higher. Yeah. That's why I went to Luton. Did you? Did was it just a move that was appealing to you? Did you feel like they had, you know, something going on there? You know, they'd just been relegated from from League Two at the time, but they're now in the conference. Do you feel that was just a good move for you? Yeah, I always knew they were a big club, and I remember 
we played against them and, the, and it was a local derby but there was like six, seven thousand and the atmosphere was was amazing really and it kind of brought my game onto another level for that game and I knew they played good football because they always, always had a tradition of playing good football so I just I just thought right I've, I've got to sometimes you make decisions where you go back to go forward so I I, I took the decision. I'm, I'm going to go there and, and give it my all, and, and hopefully I can go much further in the game if I perform well. Definitely, and you did that. Just um, you know, you played really well there. Um, you scored twice against Cholton in the FA Cup at you know the Valley. So that must have been a good experience yeah. for you to. You know, the FA Cup, such a rich history and, you know, to get a, a replay against Charlton, unfortunately lost in the in the, in the the replay at Luton 3-1. But, you know, that, that is sort of started the, maybe the interest of maybe high league teams, um, you know, which town was one of them. Um, so when did you first hear about interest from different clubs? Um, yeah, I think I was, that season, the first four or five months, it was just, I was just playing playing well game after game and um, games were rolling into another game and I was just performing every single game and it, it was just it was, it was nice to do that and then obviously the Charlton game I think it was end of November I think or end of November I think yeah I scored two goals and then that's when the interest started started happening into me with my agent Getting a few phone calls. I think there was. I think Charlton were interested in signing me. Um, but their manager. I think their manager left just before Christmas. I think. Um, Scunthorpe was another one. I think, and then obviously Ipswich. Ipswich as well. Um, in the new year. So yeah, that, that was pretty much how it's happening. Can you know? You, can you remember the first phone call you had from you know Paul Jewell was the manager at the time. Roy Keane has just left, and Paul Jewell, I think, yeah. has been in the job for a few weeks. So you were his first permanent sign, um, signing as town boss because he signed Jimmy Bollard on loan, but you were the first player he signed for for some money. So can you remember that phone call? I remember getting a phone call from Stuart Cash, who was at AFC Wimbledon, okay. and he said that um, Ipswich want to speak to me. Can can I pass on your number and I just said, look, Cashy, just uh, I'll give you my agent's number. I can speak to him and then just go for him. Um, and then I think a week later, I think my my agent said, look, stay by your phone because Paul Jewell's going to ring you. They're going to meet the release clause that's in your contract. So I, I think I was around someone's house. So I stayed around there for an hour or so. And I had a, had a phone call and then Paul Jewell come on the phone as I was driving home. Okay. <laughs> but it's such a strong Scouse accent I couldn't really make out what he was saying I was just like yeah 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 I just yeah I, I, I want to come and sign for you and then uh, obviously a few days later I think I think I was down there doing my medical and, and signing over the weekend well, you know what's your What's your memories of coming down, you know, to Portland Road and seeing the training ground for the first time? And you know, uh, you know, that must have been, you know, no offense to Luton, but we, you know, a bigger stadium, you know, probably a better training ground, but uh, you know, that must have been a whole different world for you. Yeah, it was a. I do remember actually. I yeah. met my agent. It was a Friday morning, and we went down there, and then um, he, I went to the ground, and then they showed me around the ground. 
the first team didn't have a game that weekend, so they were off. So it was all quite quiet, really. And then someone took me to the training ground while my agent sorted out all the stuff at the ground and then showed me around the, the training ground and I met Paul Joel. And yeah, obviously, it, the, train, the training ground was first class and, and, the, and the stadium as well. Um, really, I, was, I couldn't believe it, but I was just just looking forward to, to it getting done, really, because there was a few little bits still to be sorted out that weren't, didn't even get done on the Friday where everything was sorted out of my contract I was just waiting for things to get sorted with Luton with the, with the deal which I think got sorted I had the weekend off and then I went down there Sunday night and then went to the ground on Monday and the last few bits were sorted on Monday and then I think we had Derby away on the Tuesday um, which my registration didn't go in quick enough, so I'll just travel with the boys and watch that game. I think we won that 2-1, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but that was my recollection of the, the signing process yeah. just before deadline day. Yeah. That's the thing, like, that must have been a, a hectic time, and, you know, that's, sometimes it is. it takes a long time to get deals done because there's so many, you know, middlemen and also other things you have to get sorted. And, you know, I'm sure it's a frustrating time as a player. You just want to sign for the club and then just play the football but there's so many other things involved yeah long really some of them nowadays take weeks yeah um, but yeah I was just at the time I was think I played and rung up Gary Sweet the Lewin chief executive I was just said Gary come on look. can we just get this this was Saturday morning I said Gary can we just get this done please because yeah. we, we know this is the my release cause it is can we just get it done? He was like, yeah, I know, we'll just ask him for a couple of extra bits. <laughs> I was like, come on, it's a big, big opportunity for me. Can you, can you just get it done? Um, so I tried to push it along a little bit because I did, I was thinking at the time, does get to, to a point where you think, this is not going to happen, you know? Um, but luckily it did. Yeah, because it's, that's you know, such a massive step up from, you know, non-league and now jumping into the championship. Um, you know, who sort of helped you at the club in terms of making you settle in, you know, the players at the time, you know, we had a lot of big names, a lot of big characters, um, you know, yeah. definitely our midfield, as I said, Jimmy Bollard's just been signed, he's a big character, you know, David Norris in midfield as well, and have a big character, so who sort of helped you settle in in the first few weeks? Um, well, at the time, obviously I hadn't bought a place in Ipswich, but I, um, I was staying in a hotel, and Lee Martin was staying in a hotel as well, okay. um, so we kind of just jumped in together, and we'd stay down for a few days in a hotel and then we'd travel back on our days off. So, um, Lee, Lee helped a lot, but I got on with it. Got on, got on with everyone, really. It was a, they were quite a welcoming group. It was quite daunting to go into the squad, really, at, at the time. You, know, such, you did have such big characters. Um, so, like I say, Chuck, Grant Ledbetter, Jimmy, Jason Scotland, there's, there were so many of them. Um, but yeah, probably Lee, Lee helped me originally, um, and we still speak speak a lot today. Um, but yeah, it was daunting, but it was something that I thought, right, let's roll his sleeves up and, and let's have a go. Definitely, and um, I want to mention Paul Joe again, of course, you know, your manager. Um, unfortunately, you didn't have a successful spell in charge of the club, but um, what's your you know, memories of him as a manager and, you know, did you get along with him? And, of course, he was the man who brought you in, um, but what was he like as a as a manager? Yeah, I got on fine with, with Paul. Yeah. Um, I, 
I did feel like he, he signed me, but then it's frustrating as a player is that you've been signed and I don't think I made my debut for another three weeks. Yeah. Um, but obviously the team was winning as well. Um, for, for that season, it was a little bit, I was in and out really. Yeah. I made my debut, I think I played well and then I think we had a game on a Tuesday which I was back out of the team. And then I got another couple of games in that I thought I'd done well and then I was out again. So going from playing every single week for six months and then not playing, coming in and out while stepping up a level, a couple of levels, it, it was difficult to perform at my best originally. Um, and then obviously the season ends. I think we had, I think it was, we had about 11 weeks in that close season so I got myself as fit as, fit as possible over about a six seven weeks period and then went back pre-season I think I was one, I was one of the fittest that come back and then I, I didn't play longer than 45 minutes in pre-season um, which was frustrating as well um, but I, obviously I, I think at the time I was thinking I'm thanking him for bringing me to the football club, but then I'm thinking, what am I doing here? Because yeah. I just can't can't catch a break. Yeah. Um, so it's frustrating. But Paul, Paul was a good manager. He worked extremely hard. Um, if probably why he didn't succeed, maybe yeah. probably because he brought too many older players. If I'm honest, yeah. I think we had some 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 games we had a full team of over thirty in the yeah. team. Yeah. I think I remember I was I went on loan to Crawley at the start of that season for three months. I remember watching on the telly. I think literally there's only about two people in the team that's under thirty at the time. Um, so yeah, I just I, I went on loan after that. I went and saw him, knocked on his door, and said, "Look, I'm not getting in the team. And even if I was in the team, even if I got my chance in the team, I wouldn't be able to do myself justice because I've not played a full game before." three, four months. And he was all right. He said, look, we'll, we'll get you out on loan and then we'll go from there. So we called to come in and I went there for three months. Yeah. I want to, before we get into that, because, you know, Steve Evans, massive character, but I just want to quickly go back to that, you know, your early few months at town. Uh, I want to mention, you know, your debut and your Portman Road debut. Um, I don't know if you remember much of it, but, you know, your debut was against Doncaster, a 6-0 win. So that must have been a, yeah, a great feeling. Tough. You know, yeah, Connor, yeah, Connor was, Wickham yeah. scoring a hat trick as well. Yeah, Connor, I didn't remember that. Yeah, I think yeah. I come on. Yeah, I think I come on. Was, might have been five now. Up. Yeah, I was thinking this is all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you get to get, get plenty of the ball, and uh, I can't remember how long I got. It might have been only about fifteen minutes, but but yeah, and I knew um, I played Tuesday night, and I think there was a reserve game on the Wednesday as well. So we. Um, we travelled back late that night. I think I got back about one, two o'clock in the morning. I had to play in a reserve game <laughs> midday. Then, and I, but I knew Jimmy couldn't play against Hull because he was on loan from Hull mm. on the Saturday. So I knew, right, come on, play well. Play, I was tired, and I was like, come on, play well today. You got to play well today because you, you can make your full debut on Saturday, um, which I which I did. But yeah, that was a that was a funny game at six 0 Doncaster away, we just didn't think just seemed to go for us. Yeah. It was brilliant. You know, how good was, you know, Connor Wickham, you know, that was his first ever 
senior hat trick. You know, he's he left the club for eight million to join Sunderland, but you know, how good was he in training and you know, so young as well. It was just his physique. Yeah. So I think he was only seventeen. It was just yeah. he was just massive for his age and he had a good touch, his shot such yeah, such a hard shot on him as well. I remember thinking, Oh, he'd be so young enough, such a hard shot on him. Um but yeah, I mean to be fair, when he was seventeen he had it he had it all. Yeah. Um I think he's still at Crystal Palace now, but is, yeah. I mean he's had his injuries problems, hasn't he? Which yeah. he didn't really kick on but you can definitely see why someone come in and paid eight million for He could have he had the ability and the physique to go and be a twenty, thirty million pound player. Definitely. I want to bring up that whole game quickly. You know, you're, I've just got the attendance up for that game. Nineteen thousand were in attendance for that one-one draw, so that must have been a, a different world as well. You know, I'm you're sure at Luton, unfortunately, you know, they only have a couple thousand. But for you, the, you know, Saturday afternoon in February playing against Hull City, nineteen thousand. What was that experience like? Your first time playing at Porton Road. I was just excited, really, because yeah. I'm someone that the bigger the stage, the, I'd like to think the better I perform. Yeah. I, I quite enjoy it. So I was, just, I was just looking for. I just wanted to play football. To be honest, yeah. I hadn't played regularly for oh, probably must have been three weeks, maybe four. I don't know. Um, I was just looking forward to playing. I was just looking forward to playing football, and and I just wanted to play. Um, obviously, the fans, the, the stadium, which I hadn't done before. I was. I just wanted to play play in the stadium, make my debut properly. Definitely, and. Uh... You know, before we get into Crawley again, um, I want to bring up a game that you probably don't want to really speak about because um, this is, I think, your only experience of a East Anglian derby. Uh, a 5-1 defeat against them up the road. Um, you came on yeah. as a sub in the second half. Um, yeah, not not a great game because it's at Portman Road as well. Us losing 5-1 is just, oh, I hate talking about it, but I just wanted to get your, you know, your yeah. memories from that. Of course, bad memories. I do, yeah. I remember... I, think I was on the bench, obviously, and I'd never seen the stadium full before. But it was full, and must have been 30, 30,000, 28,000, 30,000 there. Yeah. Um, what was the score at half time? I think we must have been 4 3 4 0 down, I think. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, I, was just, I think it was one of them times where I'd, I think I'd played in the game before, mm. and I played well, so I was kind of thinking, oh, I've been chopped again. Um, but yeah, I come at the half time and I do I do actually remember, I think Jimmy Jimmy scored a good goal in the second half. Yeah. But I actually remember I think we only lost the second half two one. But I actually performed quite well again. Uh, in that second half. But but to be fair to them, they they were a pretty decent side that year. And they had two forwards that were really good, I think Holt and Jackson, I think. Yeah. And they dominated us at the back. Um, but yeah, the the occasion was good. The result was, wasn't so good, unfortunately. Definitely. And uh, we'll move on to Crawley, uh, which was a very successful loan spell. You played 15 games for them and were unbeaten. Um, Steve Evans was the manager, uh, you know, a big character. He's now at Gillingham, of course. Uh, what was he like to play under? And, you know, I'm sure you've got some stories about him. Uh, yeah, he was off the pitch. He's actually a really nice, really mm. nice bloke. Uh, I've sit in his office a few times, and we just talk. And he's nothing like you see, nothing mm. like you see on the touchline. But as soon as it's three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, he's shouting and bawling from the touchline. Half time, we come in. We're winning or losing. 
is a shout, but that was, that was just his way, really, and you just get used to it. And and sometimes I think that's how the team team reacted sometimes, just by him being like that. Um, so yeah, Steve, Steve was a good, good, good bloke, nice bloke, which people probably won't <laughs> won't think of. But um, it's just a, he just wants to win, I think, and it just. Football was over a little bit in in the wrong way, but that's fine. I think that's that's football, and people want to win, and and people all, all have their own little ways of of letting letting their emotions out, which which he does, which is fine. It never bothered me when he, when he showered at me because I knew that he was just trying to trying to get the best out of me. Definitely, and uh, you know, you returned back to to Richard at time. You know, did Paul sort of tell you, "Yep, you're going to be part of the." My my thinking again. Um, yeah, uh, just... no, I didn't. No, no? Oh. I remember. I remember going back because Steve said, "Look, I'm going to try and sign you." And then that was literally just. It was only a few days before Christmas, and then I think Ipswich played a couple of games over Christmas, and I think they they didn't do too good, and they had a few injuries. I think Lee Bowyer, Bowes was injured. Um. Jimmy was ill, I think. And I remember training on the Friday. I'd, I'd actually gone back and I was obviously full of confidence. And I trained really well. But I didn't go looking over Christmas. I think this was the new year. I think this played Nottingham Forest at home. And I, I remember on the Friday, I'd, um, I'd trained and Paul George said, look, everyone report to the training room for half one. And I hadn't been in the squad. I hadn't even travelled to games. And my agent was coming down to, to talk to me um, because it didn't look like I'd be part of the future. So I, I'd actually arranged to meet him in the players lounge at about quarter to two after he read the team out. Yeah. And then I was just sitting there and he just, my, my name come up in the team. <laughs> and I, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I wasn't even listening to, to it too much because I didn't think I'd be anywhere near it. And then I just I played and I think I got man of the match that game. Yeah. I think we might I think we might have lost, but yeah, I think I got man of the match. And I think from then on I played every game, near enough to the end of the season, which was a bit crazy. Yeah, and you, you know you did so, and then you know a few few games later you scored your first goal. Unfortunately, in a defeat against Leeds, but that must have been great to score your first championship goal and then I was actually speaking to a friend before speaking to you just to let you know I was just chatting I'm speaking to Andy later and he said please mention the Bristol City goal because what an absolute belter that was um, so what's your yeah. memories of that goal a 3-0 win against Bristol City yeah I do, I do remember actually yeah. for after I think we we did it might have been that Leeds game because we were like lost a few I think we beat Portsmouth away 1-0 and then after that something clicked for us as a team we started we started going on a good run. I remember that Bristol City game, yeah. I think we was, we was 2 0 up, and I think the ball went into chops, actually. And I was thinking, please set me chops, stop yeah. turning. And, and he laid it off perfectly, to be fair to him. And then I just, I think I just hit it as hard as I could, and it just went in the top corner. But yeah, that was, that was a good, good feeling. Good feeling, to be fair. Yeah. I want to just um, get a story out of you. Um, you know, Jimmy Bollard, what an absolute character. Is there any funny stories, you know, from the training ground that you're happy to share? The, the memory I have of Jimmy is just when um, I think we went out on a team bonding up in London on a Tuesday, straight after training, and we went up there, it was about three, or three o'clock, I think, 
and we was just I think there was about ten of us, ten, twelve of us in London. And then I think Chop Chops was obviously he was from Newcastle. Yeah. He always wanted to go back up to Newcastle. He was trying to get us to go up to Newcastle and, and me and Lee me, Lee and Crazy, I think Grant was out as well, I think it was just going Chops, we're not going up to Newcastle. We're just not going and I think Chops and Jimmy just went up to Newcastle, got trained up there. Randomly, and they stayed up there Tuesday night. I think they went back out Wednesday, Wednesday night, and they got a taxi. They got a taxi back Thursday morning. They must have obviously taken four five hours. My memory is just Jimmy and Chops just running over the training ground at half past ten after we'd started, and then Paul George just just turned to go back in, yeah. and he was just fuming. Um, yeah, they, they just run in, and then we didn't see didn't see Jimmy for two weeks, and Chops Chops got fined two weeks later. Yeah, um, yeah, or not never a dull moment, especially with Chops. Yeah. But it must have you know helped you as a, as a player to play you know amongst these you know I know at the time the Itchy fans were frustrated you know a lot of these players on big money and stuff, but for you as a player it must have been great to play with some of these players who have played in the Premier League like. You know, you mentioned Lee Bowyer. You know, Lee Bowyer played in the Premier League for a long time. Um, he was actually yeah. he, not. He did a right actually at Town with that one season he was here. But uh, that must have been good having all their midfielders. You know, a lot of competition for you. I'm sure you're like, you know, Paul George bringing all these midfielders in. Is like, how how am I going to get in the team if you're bringing these experienced players in? Well, yeah, I think I mean I do remember that towards the end of the pre-season. I think there was obviously Jimmy Lee Bowyer come in. Lee Martin was still here. I think he brought Jet in as well. He still had Grant. Colin Healy was here. Mark Kennedy could play midfield. He brought Keith Andrews in. Um, oh, I'm not anyone else really. I, I was just sitting there thinking, what chance have I got here? Yeah. Um, but then slowly but surely, like I say, I went out alone to Crawley. Keith Andrews went back. I think I think Sparky retired and become a coach. Um I think Lee Bowyer got he had a few injuries, niggles and stuff. So I got I got my chance eventually, but it was good to learn learn from them as as players because obviously they've been at a top level. You learn how you watch how they train, you pick things up from them as well. And I was I was twenty seven, twenty eight, or whatever age I was, and I was still learning learning different things about my role. Definitely. In- you know, we, we finished 15th, which isn't a great position, but, you know, we stayed up um, in the championship. Then the following season, of course, was uh, not a great season, uh, really. Um, you know, how are you feeling going into that? Once again, do you feel you're going to be a regular in Paul's plans? Yeah, I remember I'll come back fit, fit and strong again. That's what I could be. I was obviously one of the fittest in the testing. I think I got injured in pre-season for a few weeks as well, which was disappointing. But um, but yeah, I was I was confident I was going to have a big part in the season. But obviously, the way we started wasn't wasn't too good. It was all a bit all over the place. I think with people coming in and and then they weren't performing and then we were trying to bring other people in that hadn't played at their clubs. I think people like Nigel, Nigel Riococo. Yeah. I think Richie Wellens come in, Inga Marson, and they were coming in, but they they wasn't fit. They hadn't played for five, six months and he was putting them straight in the team and 
nothing was quite working really and they all just come to come to a head at one point yeah i want to bring up another another game you probably don't want to really speak about but um a game against blackpool i spoke to um scott loach about this and yeah it's, it wasn't great a six nil defeat defeat there um once again a game you don't really want to remember you want to just play it and then forget about it but um anything bad yeah. memories about that I remember we was, we was going up to Blackpool and we, had, we were staying up there because we played Carlisle on the Tuesday. Oh, yeah. So we actually we actually lost 6 nil to Blackpool on the Saturday and then we lost 2-1 to Carlisle on the Tuesday after extra time. Yeah. So that was an absolutely awful four days. Um, but yeah, I can't remember too much about the Blackpool game. I think we... I can't remember if we, we might have started all right and then I just don't think our, our defence wasn't wasn't settled at all in that year. I think Gareth McCauley left and then I think Damien Delaney left, Inga Marson come in and it was like I say, it was just it was just all a little bit all, all over the place really. Crazy was still settling in. Uh, I think he just needed a little bit of time looking back on it and a settled team and to be strong with it. And uh, you know how good was Aaron Cresswell? You know he's gone on to you know play for England, playing you know multiple times in the Premier League. West Ham. Did you see a player there? You know he was very young when he was here, but um, we sort of knew he was a player in the making. But um, what was he like in training? Yeah, I always thought Cresswell had a chance to go up to the Premier League. Yeah. He had such a good left foot. His his crossing and passing was so good that you could think like. He's definitely, he's definitely got a chance, but it's whether, whether they actually go on to do it. Because I look at someone like Tyro Mings and I didn't think he had much of a chance, really. Um, but then, obviously, he's gone on to, to have a good career as well. So, Crazy definitely had a chance and, and he's gone on. I still speak to, spoke to Crazy the other day. And um, he's doing well and playing every single week at West Ham, enjoying it. So, good luck to him. Definitely, and... Uh... You know, Paul Paul Jewell got and got the sack because we were, you know, fighting relegation, uh, and then big Mick McCarthy comes in. Uh, what was your reaction when Mick was appointed manager? Uh, I was quite happy, really, because mm. he was such a well-known figure. Um, my first memory of him is just walking in the gym when I think I was I was in there with Crazy and Lee, and it was just an aura. There was just this aura about him, where instantly you like you don't know what to say. Yeah. Um, which is brilliant for a manager to have. He's probably one of the only managers that that I've ever had that for, really. But he um, he came in, yeah, and we, we picked up straight away. It was just clear. He was clear, organised. Everyone knew their jobs, and we were started performing. Yeah, of course he. You know, helped us um, survive relegation, and um, you know, you played a good amount of times under Mick, but. Um... You know, did you did you feel your you know your time maybe up at the club? Do you feel like you know Mick was going into a different direction? And you know, as I said, you played a few times. You played in some good wins. You know, three 0 win against Millwall, four 0 win against Middlesbrough, three 0 win against Leeds. So you played a, you know a few more games there. But did you feel like you know your did Mick sort of come in and sort of tell you his plans? Uh, no, Mick was someone that if the team was winning, you had your shirt, yeah. then you would keep it. And I had a good spell up until New Year's Day, and I caught norovirus oh. before we was going to play. Yeah, I think it was Aston Villa in the FA Cup, and it struck me for about 
seven seven days. It was a week, and I lost quite. I lost a little bit of weight, so it took me a week, week and a half to get over that. And I didn't actually get a start again for another five six weeks. And then I was in again, but there was always something in the back of my mind, as as you probably know, that managers will always want to sign their own players. Mm. And Marcus had cut the budget quite a bit from what it was when I first signed there. So I always knew that I was out of contract and Lee was out of contract. And there was a couple of others out of contract. So we kind of, obviously you speak to each other and then you're like, yeah, they're oh, no. And I was just like, it, it's quite clear that managers will want to be their own players. Um, so I kind of knew a month or two before I was... Um, my contract was up that I would be leaving and to be fair I think that I didn't I didn't play for the last month as well so I remember him pulling me in and he said look we're not going to offer you a, a new deal and I said look I said I know this this part of the job's not nice for you so you know don't feel bad because I also at the same time as much as I like playing Pittsburgh Town I know I'm not going to be a regular, so I want to come and play regularly football. And I was coming up to 30, and I wanted to play every week. Didn't really want to be in and out, and in and out. It wasn't doing me much good. So I just said, look, thanks, thanks for everything you've done for me, and, and no hard feelings. Because one thing with Mick is that he was he was honest and he respected you as long as you performed for him, um, which was fine. It didn't, it didn't bother me. I still think it's probably. Probably still the best manager I've ever played under. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I say, party, party, ways, amicably, and I was just, I was just thankful that I actually get to, got to play future as many times as what I did. Yeah, definitely. And uh, did you, um, did you eventually find somewhere to like stay? Did you get a flat or anything like that? Because you said you were staying at a hotel. I'm sure. Well, hopefully you weren't living well, in a yeah. hotel for two <laughs> years. Well, I did. Yeah, I, I bought a flat on the marina. I was renting mm-hmm. a flat on the marina. Yeah. When I first, after I first went down there, so it was only a few weeks. And then, um, obviously, I, then I went on loan. And I got rid of the flat because I went on loan to Crawley, which was nearer my home. Yeah. So I got, I got rid of it, and I didn't think I'd be coming back to town at the time. Okay. And then, um, and then obviously, I, it got to January, and I was, I went back to staying in a hotel every, for a couple of, couple of times a week, and I was thinking, all right, well, We'll see how it goes, and then I, I played every single game until the end of the season. But where I I was doing it, I, I didn't really want to commit to renting down there again because yeah. you never know football can change so quickly. And I was playing well, so I didn't want to change anything. So I was just I just carried on staying down in the hotel two, three, three days a week. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah, one that's one thing people don't know about sometimes about players. You know. You know, you're definitely players who are having to travel so far from their original homes, and you know, I'm I'm, I'm sure it can affect you a little bit. Um, yeah, I I didn't mind it as much because I, I didn't have kids and stuff at the mm-hmm. time, um, so I, I was okay. So I'd travel down on a Monday morning with Lee, and then we would uh, stay stay over on a Monday night, train Tuesday, and go home after training, and then. We would travel down again Thursday morning and stay till the game Saturday. So I think, in fact, I found it a lot easier than actually having having to rent the house there as well. Because 
having to sort everything out for a rental house and, and stuff like that. It was just, it was quite nice actually because I knew, right, I'm going to the hotel, I've got nothing to worry about, nothing to do, uh, just concentrate on my football. So with not having kids, it didn't bother me as much. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's move on to... Um... What's your? Can you remember your last few days at the club? You know, is it more just you know? Did you go and watch a few games? You know, in the stands and stuff like that, or is it more mix it, uh, no, do whatever was, you want? No, I was on the bench until the second to last game, and then he pulled me in on the Thursday, and obviously said that. But my my wife now, she she was due to her due date for our first baby was the Saturday. Okay. When we had Burnley away, so he knew about it as well. And then he just said, look, just come in tomorrow, train with the lads, say goodbye to everyone, and then don't worry about going to Burnley. Fair play. So, yeah, I remember coming in, doing the Thursday, travelling home, and then coming in on a Friday and just saying goodbye to everyone. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Done. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, and, uh, unfortunately, our football works, really. You, you're there, and then... The minute he, one minute you're there, one minute you come. <laughs> Definitely. I was going to ask you, you know, do you do you speak to any of your former, you know, town teammates? You know, you mentioned Lee Martin, you miss Crazy. You know, I'm sure I've spoken to a lot of players who, in football, sometimes it's it's hard to keep track. You know, you have so many different teammates, so it's hard to keep track with different players. You know, you bump into players if you, you know, you know, you spend yeah. you know different spells with and stuff. Yeah, I've always got on with my with my teammates really. So there's always. A few from each club that I still speak to. Obviously, you have people you get on with better than the others. So, I, I, so I still speak to Crazy. I spoke to him a few days ago. I still speak speak to Lee. Lee might be moving down to where I live. Okay, that's good. Down this way. Um, so yeah, I, I speak to them too. I speak to other people from other clubs. Then um, yeah, let's move on to your your permanent spell at Crawley Town um, in League One. Uh, I want to bring up two players who um who is linked to Vitrich as well. I don't know if you remember much about them, but Billy Clark, who, um, of course, came through the youth ranks at town. He was up front yeah. for um, Crawley. And also a young Guion Edwards, who's now at, at town. I think he was a 17-year-old on loan from Swansea. I uh, don't know if you yeah, remember much about that. Yeah, I do remember yeah. Guion. Yeah, Guion come, he come on loan later on in the season. Yeah. I just remember he was just so fast. Yeah. <laughs> I remember we were doing a bit of shape and the manager just, Pulled me and just said, "Look, can you just fill in it right back mm. against this?" And I was like, "Yeah, no." Worries. And I just remember going on. It was his first session. He's just literally the ball's gone behind me. And he's just like he's just lightning. He was. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He 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 was he was someone that I thought, right, he's got a chance. He can he can do well when he goes. Um. And Billy Billy was a nice lad. Um. Good player as well. He's still. He's still doing it in League One. Um, but yeah, he, he started off at Ipswich as well, so we, we talk about our time at Ipswich together. Yeah. yeah and, um, I think there's another player, actually, Roy, Roy Fallon. He was on loan at town as well. Um, you know, did you much yeah, about he's a, a Kiwi guy? Yeah, I think Rory come... He was only there for about a month, I think, yeah. at the end. month or two at the end, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's got. An ice, I think he was selling ice cream or something. Yeah, he was. Oh, yeah, that's, that's my memory of him. Yeah, selling ice cream, going about ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then um, then you went and returned to another former club. This time at Luton. Um, was it a bit different this spell? You know, uh, yeah, I, I left Crawley. I still had another year left at Crawley, but mm-hmm. there was at the end of the season the budget had gone right down and. Yeah. 
all, all the team had pretty much left. And I thought to myself, Luton had just got promoted to League Two, and did I really want to be scrapping for relegation in League One for a season or fighting for promotion in League Two? So I spoke to my agent, he said, Look, it's there for you if you want it. It depends what you want to do. And I just thought, you know, I, I had such a good time at Luton before. I, I want to go back there. Um, so, yeah, in hindsight, I shouldn't have done. Yeah. Because I remember my agent said, meeting up with a manager and I was outside the hotel and he didn't turn up and just text my agent later on that day saying, sorry, I had to go and pick my sister up from the airport. So... I was kind of, I kind of felt like I was the board signing, not the manager signing mm. at the time. And I felt like I shouldn't have done it when someone doesn't meet up for the meeting. You shouldn't really, especially if it's a manager trying to sign you. I should have said no at the time. Mm. But because I wanted to pay for the loot in the club, I gave it a go. But, um, did I enjoy it as much as the first time? No, I didn't know because one, I didn't play as well, but also I was getting, there was times when I was starting to play really well and then the manager would drop me for no reason whatsoever. I'd leave out the team for a few games. So it almost felt like he was trying to prove a point to the board. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to sign me and the board did, so it's kind of... It was a little bit like that, really, and um, I didn't enjoy the football as much. It was very basic, and the training wasn't very good. So, yeah, that only lasted the season, unfortunately. You know, during during that time, did you was there any other clubs interest? You know, before you joined Crawley, you know, when you left it, was there other clubs, or was that just a definite move to go to Crawley because of the the success you had there? Uh, yeah, there was a it, there was a few clubs that said they wanted me to go there but Crawley was the most concrete one there, uh, there at the time and I just had a baby so it was fairly local to my house and I just said again I think it's somewhere where you got to try and find places where you enjoy and I enjoyed it last time mm-hmm. at Crawley so I felt like I, I wanted to go back and, and to be fair I did enjoy it for that for that one, one season I, I enjoyed it at Crawley we had a good close-knit squad we had a small squad but we all got on well together and, and it was an enjoyable year to be fair yeah so you know you had one season at Crawley one season at Luton and then you joined Eastleigh once again having a, just a season there you know drop back down to the to the National League were you a bit disappointed that you had to drop down you know to the National League or was it um, just I was searching for success yeah, <laughs> yeah. because I I'd obviously had the highs where I've won the league with Lewis, won the league with Stevenage, and and I was looking for that again. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have medals on my on my on my trophy. I wanted to win some trophies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I looked at the league, League Two, and I had a few offers of smaller clubs in that league that wouldn't be up up the top, basically. Or I had offers from. Forest Green and Eastleigh in the conference and it was one of them where I thought right what do, what do I do I want to win trophies so I tried to pick the club that I thought would win the league um, which unfortunately didn't work out 
at the time. I think we come seventh at that time, but we um we were we were up near the top, and then we had an FA Cup run, and we didn't win for a couple of months, which was disappointing. And um, but again, that EC I uh, EC year that I was there, or year and a bit that season it, it was actually an enjoyable season I played probably played some of my best football in that season for for a good few years you know you, you eventually of course left Eastleigh and then joined rejoined Esfleet United um, in the National League South uh, you had success there you said you wanted to win medals and trophies and stuff and you know you helped them win promotion to the conference and the following season unfortunately losing in the playoffs but what's your memories of those them two seasons yeah, I remember going back down to the conference south, and and that was that was enjoyable as well because we I think we won twenty two out of twenty three games, and we just just got pipped by Maiden. They won it by two two points. I think they won it by, but we went up through the playoffs, which was a nice experience. And then um, yeah, it was back in the national, um, which was going going okay, and then we. Um, we kicked on, really kicked on February time, and again we pushed it, pushed it late again and won. I'd say thirteen out of about fifteen games to get into the playoffs. Right at the end of the season, which was good. And then um, at the time as well, we was we was having trouble getting paid from the owner, mm. and he was paying us. I think. Before we were due to play the playoff game against Aldershot, which we won in the end, it was 13 days late for a month of wages, which no one knew about. Which um, obviously it was, it was frustrating, but we, we won there. We, we was, if, we, if it wasn't for them little things, uh, I, I, I think we would have, might, might have even got promoted. And there were certain things as well that went against us. We played Aldershot on a Wednesday night. And then went to penalties. <laughs> Tramir didn't play. And then we played, had to play him on at half past no, 12 15 on Saturday morning. <laughs> Which it was just, just certain things that just wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't fair really. I don't know, because Tramir finished second or third, they had the advantage, but I think that was just too much of an advantage, I think. Yeah. Which was, it was frustrating really, because I think if we'd have had another day's rest, or two days rest. I think we would have won that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know when you yeah when you dropped down to the conference south, were you still full time? Um, or was there a lot of players yeah. still part time and stuff uh, at you it, yourself? Absolutely, absolutely were full time. Okay. I think there was only a couple of full time teams in that league. Yeah. And they were obviously wanting to get out of the league, and they wanted to. They had a vision of going up a few year, few leagues into the into the football league. So. They were full time, gave them the best opportunity to do it. So, yeah, they were, they were one of the only clubs at full time, which which was good, really, because it was close to home. It's half hour from home, which was good again. Yeah. But obviously, uh, I'd say if it wasn't for their money problems in that in that season, and maybe an extra day's rest in the playoff semi final, I think we would have done it. That would have been a massive for Edsley playing in the Football League, but unfortunately, you know they've they've had ups and downs in the last few years, haven't they? They 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 unfortunately yeah. got relegated because of the points per per game sort of thing. I saw that Lee Martin's there now as well, bringing him up. Yeah, Lee's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah Lee's there. 
Yeah. Um, and then, you know, your last recent spell, of course, was at Haven and Waterlooville. Um, once again, having to travel a little bit there. Um, you've, you know, recently left there and now you're back at your, your first club, uh, Sittingbourne. Uh, what's the, what's the yeah. plan for you going forward? Uh, I had another year left on my contract at Haven, but yeah. I was travelling down there with Danny Keswell and Dean Beckwith, who, who live near in Medway, so with me there and then travel down a couple of days a week. Um, which which was fine really but they had left and it was just me on my own and then I just didn't really fancy it fancy doing that travelling on my own the age and stuff and yeah I cancelled my contract at the time with uh, with Haven but they the conference and conference staff had no idea when their these were going to start again so obviously clubs weren't really signing people and I know I know a few of the board members at Sitting Bourne and they just said, "Look, why don't you come back?" And the, and to be fair, I, I used to go and go and watch them when I was younger, when I was eight, nine, ten years old, and obviously played there for a few years and supported them. And I just thought, why not? Why, why not go and you never know in football. But if I can see my my next one, two, three, three maybe years now at, at Sitting Bourne, then that'd be an ideal way to finish my career. Definitely. And, you know, I'm sorry to bring up your age now. You're in your, your late 30s. Um, as you said, you you feel like the next three years you're going to hopefully finish your career there. Uh, what's your, you know, ambitions going in, you know, looking into coaching or is there anything, you know, in the works that you're working on? Yeah, I, obviously I'm, I'm 36 now, yeah. but I'm still just as fit as some of them young boys in yeah. the team as well. So I'll, I'll keep myself as fit as possible. Mm-hmm. Um beating some of them in the group chat 5k runs I think I'm third in that so yeah um, I'm still as fit as what I can possibly be and fitter than a lot of people at this level which I feel like I can do it for a good two three years but you never know in football I I hope I can finish my career here it's a good club the fans are really good the board are really good so so I hope hopefully I can have another two three years playing and then and then I want to go into coaching and management if I can. I had a op- couple of opportunities last summer to go into management, but one, one, a couple of things didn't really seem right. So I turned down to didn't want to finish playing too early when I was. I felt like I could still play quite well. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll just evaluate it season by season. I think at the moment. Fair play and. Uh... Did you have any pre-match superstitions or anything like that? You know, anything you used to... Did you do put up the right uh, sock no, or anything like that? No. no? No, I was never into superstitions, no. no. I, was just, I was just like making fun of people who did have them superstitions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I used to try and knock them out. Like, if, if people have to come out last, yeah. I'd go and hide in the toilet or something <laughs> for a couple of seconds so they have a panic up. Yeah. And then they get worried. But, yeah, no, I didn't have no superstitions. Well, Andy, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Uh, is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up? No, maybe good luck to you this year. I need to get back in the championship. Do you, you know, do you follow, you know, the results of all your teams? I'm sure it's your town. Were you, yeah, were you shocked? Yeah, I follow, I follow Ipswich and yeah. they started well last season but then yeah. fell apart a little bit. Yeah. Uh, they've had a decent enough start again this year so yeah, I follow I follow it so follow Luton um, 
and obviously my, my friend's manager EC so I follow them as well and Leeds at FC so I follow most of my, most of my old clubs. From true crime to football, Brexit to football, more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.